It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Flotsam. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It is our Friday live show, playoff weekend, a little different playoff weekend. What's going on this time around? Because no one made the bet. Do you guys remember what this looked like. Those of you who watched on Periscope or saw on Twitter what my face looked like doing this on this show last year, it was the the handlebar mustache. And no one no one bet me again. I was ready to do it. I mean I have it. I got I have the beard going. We could have we could have done the handlebar, but no one uh no one wanted to get to to making that bet with me. So I don't, Maybe I should have done it anyway. Maybe it was maybe it was good luck. Maybe the Packers won because we we did the handlebar thing. Probably not. Probably not. But uh, I was just surprised. No one wanted to run it back. I got there was a lot. I got a lot more messages about that periscope than any periscope I've ever done. <laughs> I think in part because Twitter promotes it, and so like if you're just scrolling Twitter, and it'll show you the the periscopes of people that you follow, and so a lot of people saw me with the. With the big old tombstone stash, and we're like, "Yo, what is that?" Uh, the All Pro teams were released, and the Packers were well represented, just as they were on the Pro Bowl teams. Uh, no defensive players made the first team. Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith made the second team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, and Devontae Adams were first team All Pro. Uh, there was no second team tight end, so no big Bob Tunyon, uh, and that is because. Uh, the way that the voting works is you only get to pick one. You pick one team as a voter. I'm not a voter, but um, it, you just get to pick one team. And so if you have a unanimous single position like tight end, you're only going to have the one guy. I, I was surprised that Aaron Rodgers was as he wasn't quite unanimous, but I think he got 46 out of 50 votes. Devontae Adams. I am shocked and disappointed he was not unanimous, 49 out of 50. These are not things to be worried about. Um, They're all pros. It's more important than Pro Bowl voting. I I think the AP voters have a lot better idea than the fans do about what these players are and and how they contribute to teams. Steve McGargy, for example, the AP writer who covers the Packers, is 
in every one of those press conferences. He's writing daily off this team. I mean, no one is is into the minutia of what they're doing more than he is. And so I think that's just it's it, it lends itself to better outcomes. I think when I look at the team, I didn't see any egregious mistakes. I think Jair Alexander was worthy of being first team all pro, no question. But so was Jalen Ramsey and so was Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard was unbelievable this year, led the league in interceptions, led the league in pass breakups. And Jalen Ramsey is just Jalen Ramsey. And I, I think you can make the case that Jair Alexander was more consistent than Ramsey. Ramsey had a couple games where, you know, maybe two, three games where he wasn't at that peak, peak level. Jair basically for 16 games was full lockdown. That said, he's second team all pro. That is a pretty big honor. That means he got plenty of first team all pro votes. And and so I think Packer fans should, I don't want to say be happy because... I mean, don't be happy about it. But like, I, I don't think anyone got screwed. I don't think anyone got snubbed in that circumstance. I think the closest is Elton Jenkins, who was a Pro Bowl or a Pro Bowl starter, who doesn't even get votes at guard. I think that's that is pretty weird. Uh, and maybe he got votes at you know, I, well, no, he didn't. We know he didn't because if he'd gotten votes at other positions, he would have been on there. A couple guys, you know, made the second team at receiver, for example, getting one vote. So I was surprised about that. If there is a true snub of that group, he was it. Um, we're going to get to a lot of your questions. So if you are watching live on Periscope, you can drop them right down here. Uh, and uh, otherwise, I have a bunch from people who sent them in. So we will jump right into those. Um, and let's start here. Hey, Peter, with wildcard weekend nearing, I'm rooting for the Rams, Bears, and Washington to win. That way we don't have to play the Bucks. While I like, while I think the Packers are a better team than they were in week six, I'm still a little weary of a potential rematch with the Bucs. However, you seem to be confident that the Packers can beat the Bucs in a rematch. Why are you so confident in the Packers when they face the Bucs again? Love the podcast. Thank you. Zach Cutler from Omaha, Nebraska. Shout out, Bromaha. Um, it's not that I'm I'm confident in the Bucs specifically. I don't think the Packers match up any worse with Tampa Bay than any other team that they're going to have to beat, you know, the, the Saints or the Seahawks or the Rams or whatever. It's just that I I said this at the time, and I, I will reiterate it, that game was weird. It was, things happened in that game that are unlikely to repeat themselves. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is likely to throw two interceptions Basically, two pick sixes for 14 points. I don't think the offensive line is going to have its worst game of the season, even without David Bakhtiari. And so that leads me to believe that if they can pass protect, which I think they will be able to at least better than they did last time. I think the Packers run game is better than it was the first time they met. And they're going to take a lot of um, lessons from that first game. I think Matt LaFleur has shown that that he can he can see how someone attacks him and find better ways to attack him the next time around. The defense played pretty well in that game for the Packers. And remember, Josh Jackson was was in that game. Um, and Tom Brady just made a couple throws. Mike Patton was a little bit more blitz happy than, than he has been. And I do think revenge games are a thing. It's certainly NFL teams, NFL players, they have to get up every week to try and win. It's really hard to win in the NFL. And so you really have to get yourself motivated. That little extra motivation I do think helps. Playing at home is going to help. I, you know, Tom Brady outside at 48. No, he's not really 48. Uh, he's 43. 
Um, he, you know, that's a question mark. A lot of those other guys, Mike Evans, you know, he's got a bulky knee. Is that going to be a problem in the cold? Is he even going to play this weekend? That's a question that, that we still don't know the answer to exactly. So I think there's plenty of things to, to point to and say, okay, this team is better than they were then. We know that they've been rolling over the last two months of the season. They're much better defensively. And, and the bucks really got lucky. You know, they score seven points off their defense. It's really 14 because the second interception got returned inside the five. So there's 14 points. And then Tom Brady just hit some perfect throws down the field. Now, you know, Brady has played well in the second half, especially. I think some of it is is fool's gold. I mean, they beat the crap out of a Lions team that had quit on the season. They beat the, you know, they, they beat the Falcons. Um, and they, by the way, they needed a big comeback in that first Falcons game, which was just, you know, a few weeks ago. So I don't think they're unstoppable by any means. I think the basis of this, though, is the Packers are the best team. I really believe that. I think at home, especially, they're the best team. And they're the team who I think their ceiling, I, I said this most of the season, I think that the Bucks had the highest ceiling of any team. I no longer think that because the defense for the Packers is playing at the level that it is. Green Bay, we know has the best offense in the NFC. Now that they're they're looking like this defensively, fifth in EPA per play going back to week eight. That's half of the season they've been a studly defense. That is the best team in the NFC. They're the one seed for a reason. They didn't lose the stupid games that those other teams did. And that consistency to me is important. And I like the coaching matchup in terms of what Matt LaFleur can bring to the table. Um, and, and I think Mike Patton is going to learn some lessons. They're playing differently uh, now. And if Mike Evans isn't 100%, especially, and they can't stretch the field the same way, I think that's going to embolden the Packers to play more of that single high safety. I think you're going to see Darnell Savage on um, you know, Rob Gronkowski. We got a question here on the, the Periscope. What do you think about a Packers Bills Super Bowl? I will tell you, um, a few weeks ago, I took the Packers at five to one and the Bills at nine to one to win the Super Bowl, each individually. I didn't take the duo, but I took them individually. And and I thought, well, I could I could hedge with some other stuff, you know, Saints, Chiefs, but like the odds aren't great there. I really like that. I think it would be really fun. You're talking about, I feel like they need to move it from Tampa though, if that's the case. Move it from Tampa. You don't have to play, you know, go go play in New York. Let's make it a cold weather Super Bowl. Packers, Bills, come on. Ooh, in the in the Periscope, we got someone took the Packers at plus 4,000 back in July. Um, that's looking pretty good right now. I hope you I hope you got some money on that uh, that you can hedge. But I mean, why hedge at this point? That's some serious cash. Five dollars on that, and you know you've got major major money. We'll get to more of your questions in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about our friends at RockAuto.com. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure? pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counter guy orders the parts on his computer when rockauto.com can help you do it from the comfort of your own home. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 25 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Best of all, rockauto.com prices are reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much 
for the same part. Go to rockauto.com now and write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store this question is from paul on twitter um i'm highly optimistic but cautious about the Packers going into the postseason because of their playoff history in the past 10 years. If the Packers do get spanked in a playoff game again, what changes do you think should get made or will get made? I was just having a conversation about this with um, Jake Morley over at Packer Report. Given the way this defense has played over the last two months, not only do I find it unlikely that that would happen, I think that um, Mike Patton has bought himself more time. And I know that that's not going to be a, a popular response. A lot of people are going, you know, you need, a, you need a new guy in there. The reality is this Packers defense looks really good right now. And uh, to me, the, the only way that they get lit up is probably in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. And if you lose to Patrick Mahomes, you know, I, you, I don't think you can you can build a coaching staff around your potential Super Bowl opponent for all the same reasons that we spent talking about this offseason that you can't build your team around trying to beat the 49ers. Imagine if the Packers had allocated all these resources to trying to, you know, slow down George Kittle and trying to beef up to stop the run against the 49ers. Think about where this team would be now. Probably not 13 and 3, probably not the number 1 seed. If they, let's say, go into the NFC divisional round against a team like the Bucks, and Tom Brady comes in and they score 45 on Green Bay. Then you start to have some questions. I think that that is if you have an early exit mixed with a poor defensive performance, that's when I think you start to see, okay, maybe some maybe some big boy changes need to be made. It's not that I don't think that's going to happen. It's just one of those things that I think the the circumstances are such that you really have um, a circumstance where things have to go pretty badly in a pretty embarrassing way, I think, for Mike Patton to be out at this point. And and go back and listen to the conversation that we had with Dante Whitner yesterday. I mean, the things that he was talking about, the players coach mentality and the communication and all the stuff that Matt LaFleur really prizes and the way that the players respond to him. And, the, and I think the adversity that they faced in the middle of the season when when the leaders of that defense go to Mike Patton and say, we need to make changes. And what did Mike Patton do? He made changes. I think that if you're Matt LaFleur, you're looking at that going, hey, this is someone who is adaptable, 
who's malleable, who listens, who communicates and does the things that you feel like you need a, a coach to do. You need someone who's going to, who's willing to grow and evolve. If you make mistakes, every coach is going to have mistakes. But if you are not willing to learn from those mistakes, that's when we start to have problems. And that was the Dom Capers problem. And it was the Dom Capers problem for years. One of the reasons why this defense is better in the second half is, you know, they, they're playing the run better. And it's not that they're prioritizing it in ways that they weren't last year. They're just playing better. And when you're getting your guys to play better, you're getting the emergence of these young star players. I think you can have more confidence now that not only do you have the talent to evaluate Mike Patton better, but that he is now making the, the necessary schematic changes. He's playing more aggressive. And then now you have a chance to really see what you have on the defensive side. This is from Dorich Packer fans. I think it's Dorich. Dorich? Dorich? Has any QB ever won MV, multiple MVP awards playing in different systems? If not, just how awesome does that make Aaron Rodgers? Well, um, there are only a handful of guys who've ever won three. Um, Brett Favre did it. Tom Brady did it. Peyton Manning did it. And you can make the case Peyton Manning won it in, in multiple systems. He did it for multiple teams. None of those other guys did. It, it's certainly um, impressive. And, and, you know, the awesome part. Yeah, it, it speaks to a flexibility that I think a lot of people weren't sure Aaron Rodgers had, right? When, when Matt LaFleur was hired, there was a lot of, he's not going to listen. He's not going to take the coaching. He doesn't want to hear from this guy. This guy's like, you know, three years older than he is. What is it? He doesn't, he doesn't know this guy from Adam. Who, who cares? And yet Aaron Rodgers, especially this year, has fully bought in. So, I mean, that I think that part of it is understated outside of Green Bay. I think Packer fans understand how remarkable it is what Aaron Rodgers has done here. And, and we've talked about it plenty on this show. Other people um, have talked and written about it as well. But what Aaron Rodgers has done, I mean, the two MVPs with Mike McCarthy, um, they speak for themselves. But to to get this third late in your career, the way Peyton Manning did, um, it's not a different team. But if you think back to, you know, 2014, he last wins that MVP. Devontae Adams is a rookie. David Bakhtiari, that was really his first real season. Beyond that, the, the team is irrecognizable. I mean, Jordy Nelson's gone. Randall Cobb is gone. Sitton, Lang, Bulaga, Eddie Lacy. You know, everyone offensively is gone. And defensively, there's been a tremendous amount of turnover. Um, and, and so you're you're going, it really is a different team. I mean, if you think about the difference between what Peyton Manning did and what Aaron Rodgers did, Peyton literally switched teams. But the difference between that 2014 team and the 2020 team, it's it's a different team. And so to different team, different scheme, I think it does it does make for something that is is historic, is remarkable. And I think it's one of the reasons why his season has been so well received nationally for a player who until recently, and I think it's fair to say until recently, uh, has been somewhat of a maligned player nationally. And and Colin Cowherd still likes to get his jokes off. And, you know, there are always going to be people that that have their their takes on all of this and, and they want to stir the pot and all of that. I, I just I, I think the fact that he's doing it at this age with this new coach, he's answered all of those questions that we had about, is he going to play nice? Is he going to do that stuff? 
Um, I, I think that really that really speaks volumes about who he is as a person, who he is as a player, and who he is as a leader. This is a fun question from Periscope. If you could have one role working for the Packers, uh, what would you want it to be football related? Obviously, um, this is this is interesting because we would have to we would have to assume that they listen to me, right? Because <laughs> if they hire me, everyone in the building is going to go. Who is this guy? Why do we care? Why do we care what this guy thinks? So if we're going to assume that they would listen to me in whatever capacity that I'm there in, um, I think. I think some sort of like quality control coach where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of the stuff that I do already as a journalist. Okay. Uh, second and long runs. Remember we talked about this earlier in the week, second and long runs. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. And then it turns out, Hey, it actually was okay because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Those are the things that I find really interesting about football. And so it's, it's what, you know, it draws me to this profession. It, it's what helps me bring you what I think are, you know, nuggets. There's also, it would also allow me, at least in the off season, I still get to go through the player personnel stuff. Um, I would still get to go through, you know, the pre-draft process and and evaluate and, and offer input there. That's something that I'm really passionate about that I really love to do. So, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't help me. Um, I, I, I am not so, in love with my own football acumen that I think that I could be like the GM. I, mm -mm, I don't have the skill set for that, but I think to dig into a lot of the stuff that I'm already doing, there are, there are quite literally players or excuse me, coaches and staffers in organizations that dig into the kinds of things that, that I dig into when I write pieces and, and especially dig into some of the numbers and some of that stuff. So if we're just going to talk about the things that I'm, that I'm most capable of actually doing, yeah, that would be great. Now, if we're just going to go hypothetically, would it be fun to be a GM and just like have the final say on stuff? Yeah, that'd be pretty great. I think Brian Gutekunst does a great job. But if they were going to give me like the John Elway title, like John Elway is not going to be in the office every day. Lindsey Jones was talking about it with Robert Mays on the on the uh, the athletic show. Like I don't Brian Gutekunst like he's he's really good at his job. And so let him do the thing. But if there's a player that I really like in the draft, let's say, or, you know, go snacks. Harrison is a great example. Go get snacks. If I could just like parachute in on some of these conversations and just say, Hey, this is what I think. Just offer input. You don't have to listen to me. Just let me offer input. And you know, I, I, if I had the gravitas of someone like John Elway, which obviously I do not, um, then I think that would be a really cool thing to be in position where he's going to, he's going to spend every day. John Elway is going to play 18 holes of golf a day, but when they're in free agent meetings, he's going to be in those meetings. He's going to be in the draft room. He's going to be helping them make those kinds of big picture decisions. I think that would be kind of the ideal thing um, if, if we were just like throwing out all of my actual qualifications in the real world, just what I think would be fun to do. All right, before we finish up here, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. We've got the playoffs coming up. No better time for you to get in on the gambling action than the NFL playoffs, especially on a week where the Packers don't play. Get some skin in the game here upcoming and then get ready to emotionally hedge with the backers or just ride it if that's what you want to do next week. BetOnline.ag is the best place, the only place we trust to handle all of your gambling needs. And right now when you sign up for a free account, 
and use the promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will match your first deposit up to 50%. Sportsbooks are not in the habit of just giving you money, and yet here they are. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and use the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This comes from Twitter um, from the Yellow Boy One, which I hope is not a reference that I should get and don't. Um, Peter, what happened with Josh Jackson? He looked like a solid starter when King was out. Do we see him more in the playoffs? I I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Matt Lafleur talks about special teams being the deciding factor in a lot of these cases. They they obviously like Kadar Holman better as a gunner, as a as a kick return um, cover guy. Their hope is to just play three corners. Their hope is to just play King, Jair, and Shannon Sullivan. And against most teams, that's going to work. Um, maybe against a team like Tampa Bay, you want to play more because they have you want to have more active at least because Josh Jackson, by the way, prepared for that first game. He knows those guys. Played against those guys, played well enough against those guys that maybe you feel better about him in that situation against a team like the Rams. They only have two receivers, so maybe not that big a deal against a team like the Seahawks. They only have two receivers, so uh, you know maybe that that changes how you think about this. Look, do I think Josh Jackson played well enough to not be a healthy scratch? Yes. Do I think Josh Jackson outplayed Kevin King in his, his short stretch of games? I do, at least this season, this version of Kevin King that we've seen this year and sort of underscored by the performance that we saw on Sunday. I don't I guess I don't know why he was not given a bigger opportunity um, to at least earn some playing time moving forward, especially with the inconsistencies of Kevin King. This is a question I get a lot. um, Who do you want to play next? And I, I have vacillated on this and, you know, um, friend of the show, Jacob Wessendorf has has said and he said on Twitter today, just whoever, just whoever, whoever's next. And that's the that's the reality. Whoever's next. I want to play whoever's next. I want to play whoever the Packers play next because you're going to have to beat those teams. You're going to have to beat good teams to win the Super Bowl. If you can't beat Tampa in the divisional round, you don't deserve to go to the Super Bowl. That's just the thing. Now, do I think it would be more advantageous for the Packers to play the Rams in the second round? Yeah, I do. 
Um, Jared Goff or John Wolford coming to Lambeau Field. Doesn't matter who. I like that. You slow Aaron Donald up a little bit with the frozen tundra. I, you know, I, th- I think that's probably the matchup that you'd like to see. I don't think offensively they can score enough. And I think defensively, yeah, they have Jalen Ramsey, but Green Bay has been has shown that they have fi- they can find ways to get Devontae Adams open, even if you're going to shadow with someone like Jalen Ramsey. And if you are going to do that, if you're going to allocate that many resources to um, stopping Devontae Adams, then there's there's so many other ways that this team can beat you. I would love to see Elton Jenkins and Corey Lindsley versus Aaron Donald. That's a great matchup. So, you know, look, I, I, I think that's the team. If we're going to eliminate Washington, who I don't think is going to win, and, and Chicago, who I don't think can win, yeah, then then the Rams. And, and that would be great because then, you, may, you know, maybe you get, um, you know, you get Saints, Bucks in round two. The Saints win again, and then the Saints got to come with Drew Brees and his al dente arm have got to come to Lambeau Field and and try and and win a playoff game. Love that, love that. I think that's that's the that's the formula for the Packers. Have the Rams win. You know, don't cheer for the Bears. You don't want to cheer for the Bears. The Bears, whatever the Bears or whatever. Cheer for the Saints. Cheer for uh, who cares about the Bucks? But if you want to cheer for Washington, go ahead. They're not going to win. The Rams are the team. The Rams are the team that if they win, they're they're almost certainly coming to Green Bay. And then who and then you're just gonna have to play whoever wins. I mean, you're gonna have to beat a good team in the NFC Championship game. You probably would rather it be the Saints, even though I think they're they're the more complete team. So that that is the path that I think would be great. But look, if they have to beat Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes to win the Super Bowl, I mean, what a storyline that would be. Imagine that. They beat Tom Brady, Drew Brees. And Patrick Mahomes to get Aaron Rodgers his second Super Bowl. And that dovetails perfectly with this last question here. Uh, sad frain, sad rain frog says, if the Packers win the Super Bowl and Rodgers wins the Super Bowl MVP, where does that put him on the all-time list? It would give him three MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, and two Super Bowl wins, plus all the other amazing stuff. I think it depends where you had him before. And, you know, if he was... Let's say he was two or three for you. It's got to bump him up. I am not someone who thinks Tom Brady is the greatest ever. I don't. I think he is the most accomplished quarterback to ever play. I think he has won the most Super Bowls. I think he is probably the most clutch quarterback to have ever played. I don't think I don't think he was as good as Rodgers. I don't think that he is as talented. I don't think he was as skilled. I don't think he was as dangerous. I don't think he was as responsible for his team's success as Brady was for his. To me, the best, the best quarterback ever is Peyton Manning. He revolutionized the sport. Tom Brady didn't do that. Peyton Manning did. I think he's still number one for me. He has two rings too. The five MVPs and, you know, countless numbers. Um, The advanced metrics love Peyton Manning. And again, he revolutionized offense. I mean, that stuff matters to me. The same way that that Jordan revolutionized basketball and then LeBron later revolutionized basketball. Tom Brady never did that. Peyton Manning did. If Rodgers wins another Super Bowl, wins this year, let's say, and gets the MVP, I think I think he's unassailably in the top three. I mean, you you cannot get past three. If you want to go, you know, Brady Manning top two, I think, I think that's probably where most people are going to go, Brady Manning. 
Brady Manning, Rodgers, Marino would be my four. And then, you know, we we think Mahomes is on that trajectory. That's a pretty good five. Right now, let's let's exclude Mahomes because he's not there. So let's include Unitas for what he accomplished in an era where no one was passing. Um, and of course, you know, uh, people are going to get mad if I don't include Bart Starr. But I think it's it. It really is so hard to compare era to era. It 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 really is difficult. I mean, I was I struggle with the United stuff and the Star stuff and Otto Graham and and a lot of those players. Like, how do you compare? Don Hudson is another great one. How do you compare what he did to what guys are doing now? Um, there are ways to do it era adjusting and and the oh if he got to throw it five hundred times you know what would they look like? It's just a different game and and so I, I think that stuff is difficult. So, um, no, definitely not Elway. Uh, I think Elway is the most overrated quarterback in league history. That's well with Joe Namath being right there. I mean they're they're neck and neck. I know Dusty Evely joked about that, but no, seriously, they're they're overrated. Um, we're gonna be back on Monday. And we're going to have an opponent for the Green Bay Packers to play. We will spend the week previewing that. Um, coming up on Tuesday, our expert Tuesday for um, Packers week for the for the playoff game is uh, Matt Miller, formerly Bleacher Report. He's got his own thing coming. Um, and so he is going to be on the program uh, to talk about the Packers, to talk about the playoffs, everything that went down on Sunday. Of course, uh, if you want to if you want to listen to a full breakdown of everything that's going to happen on Wild Card Weekend, Monday, Locked On NFL. I host that. Did you know that? Locked on NFL Mondays. Um, I'm going to break down all of that stuff. Local experts. It's basically a big crossover. I get the guys. They come on. We talk about it. Um, and, and we have a good time. Those, there will, of course, be a Locked on Packers as well. I, Sundays are are pretty busy for me. Follow me on Twitter. Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter. Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes. Spotify. Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to be a part of a show like this one, you can do that. Hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.